Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Let's kick it off. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us uh, uh, to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the Lord of our God, Jesus Christ, the Lord God of our Lord Jesus Christ, wow, uh, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also uh, in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible. Um, I love highlight reels. 
Is anyone with me? It, like, I love to watch surfing. Uh, when I watch surfing, I could spend a whole day watching the contest. It takes a whole day. Sometimes there's a lot of lulls in the ocean. It, we, I could be there for hours. And sometimes they even restart heats because there hasn't been a wave caught in 20 minutes. Um, so I like highlight reels because instead of me spending my whole day uh, watching, I get to see it all, all the good stuff, all the stuff that I was wanting to watch, I see it all in a few minutes. Um, I love NBA, I love basketball. Um, who, who loves a good top 10 plays of the week? Love top 10 plays of the week. Yes, Dave. Um, uh, sometimes before I play basketball with Dave and Dax, um, two teammates of mine here, go, go, go our team. I won't say our team's name from here, but go our team. I did not create my team's name, um, but I love my team. Uh, so, top 10 plays. Sometimes before I play basketball, I like to look up uh, Michael Jordan's top 10 plays, pretend that I could maybe be like Mike, and um, before I go, I, I get psyched up. I love to watch these things. Um, you see the, the best of someone's game, their, their whole career, you can see it in like uh, just a couple of minutes. I love highlight reels. Some people uh, love music, and if you love pop music, we will also pray for you at the end, but... Pop music has this thing, they, back in 93 it was, 93, I was in year five, they brought out uh, 100% hits, 93. It was a great cassette tape, um, I listened to all the, the pop charts, uh, the, all, the, all the pop hits, 100% hits, there's no, nothing else but hits, um, love that stuff, and you don't have to listen to the, the year's worth of terrible pop music. You just get all the hits, one cassette tape. Who loves a cassette tape? No one. That's cool. Um, one of the reasons uh, Pastor Garth Ball likes me so much is because when he was in year seven, uh, we sat, because his last name's Ball and my name's Boyd, we were in the same roll call, and um, he brought a cassette tape to school. I think it was Michael Jackson. And um, the tape all, like, ran out. And he was spewing. He was so upset. Uh, he loved Michael Jackson. Of course he did. And um, he, was, he was just devastated. I said, mate, I know how to fix it. Got a pencil. I've seen it done before. I don't know. I think my cousin showed me. Wound it up. We gave it back to him. And it worked. And he could not believe it. He thought I was MacGyver. Um, <laughs> But ever since then, he's looked up to me in some strange way. I think it's mostly to do with the fact that I fixed his tape. Uh, first impressions last, guys. So, yeah, I love highlight reels. I love 100% uh, hits. Uh, I love uh, top 10 plays because it gives me the essentials that I need to know in a few short moments. And Ephesians is actually Christianity's version of... Uh, I guess, the highlight reel. It's Christianity's highlight reel. Uh, a lot of the scholars uh, would tend to agree that Ephesians is the 100% hits of Christianity. Um, and it is. It, you, can, you can pretty much look through it, get all the essentials you need. Um, you get a, a great understanding about what Christianity is from this incredible letter to the Ephesians. Love it. It's a great book. 
if you ever get stuck, if you ever wonder, what should I read? I open my Bible, I've got no idea. For all you new Christians that are going to join the new Christians class, which, I mean, if you're going to get taught by Dave Hall, you're going to get blessed. Um, so please uh, sign up for that. Uh, but Ephesians is the one to read uh, if you want to know what it is about this thing called Christianity. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, at the time it was written, uh, well, it actually, no, I'll skip that. Eventually, Ephesus, this place that Paul's writing the letter to, eventually it's going to become the hub, the, the, the main church that sends out missionaries to all of Asia. It's, it be, eventually becomes one of the biggest churches in the world. Ephesus. Um, it's a phenomenal church. Uh, and Ephesus, uh, in Rome's eyes, was comparable and on, on the, the scale of, of Rome. Um, it was a big, bustling city, an incredibly um, uh, uh, thriving, blessed city in terms of its economics. It was, it was hustle bustle. It was, it was a big, big, major city. Um, and Someone started a church there. The guy's name is Apollos, which Paul makes out as if he's a pretty brave kind of guy. He's going into this city, and he's starting a church. He starts this church, and he's doing an incredible job. He's getting all these converts um, from the place, and we'll go into what they were being converted from in a little bit later. But he, he starts to build the church, and it's going so, so well. Uh, eventually... Paul comes and visits there. He stays for a few years, um, and he runs the church for a while. And then as um, time goes on, I think it was about three years, he ran the church. Then he passed it on to Timothy. And then from there, Timothy just, it, it just keeps building. It goes from strength to strength to strength. By the time Timothy's in charge, there's an auditorium over there that they've, they've excavated and dug up, and they believe that it was filled by the church of Ephesus. And this, guess how many seats were in this auditorium? 24,000 seats were in the auditorium. And they believe that this was possibly the biggest church in the world. Uh, one of the biggest churches in the world at the time. So phenomenal place, uh, phenomenal destiny ahead of this, of this church, which Paul is writing to. Um, before all of this happens, uh, Paul writes this letter. And... Um, so it's this, this place, this city, Ephesus, it's no stranger to spirituality. It's no stranger to spirituality. Um, it's not a new thing to them. In Ephesus was a, a temple to the goddess Diana. And this was a magnificent temple. Um, historians believe that it took uh, about 200 years to build. And it's believed to be one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. It's a, a massive, massive temple. A lot of people into the Greek mythology, religion. Uh, and so that was going on. This is, this is where uh, it, it is taking place, this letter. Um, and so the people that were there, uh, like, like a lot of people from a lot of other religions, even, even Christianity, they have this understanding of this God. And so their God was Diana. Their goddess was Diana. And if you tickle to fancy, you're in the good books. Uh, if you didn't, you're going to get cursed. 
Um, the problem was that you never really knew where you stood uh, with Diana. You, you had to um, do all these things, perform all these tasks, make all these sacrifices, give lots of money um, just to appease her. You never really knew where you stood. There was kind of, it was almost like um, you were fated almost to, to uh, be blessed or cursed. It, you, it was almost out of your hands. You would try your best to appease her, but um, you never really knew uh, where you stood. So um, am I, uh, is everyone with me? Everyone tracking? Good, good. Um, so in this new church, uh, Apollos had started this, this great new church in Ephesus. And uh, he's most definitely started to get some converts out of this religion uh, which is uh, worshippers of Diana. Um, for those of you that are interested, Diana, uh, she was a god um, that uh, she was the god of the moon, god of the hunt, and god of fertility. If you were um, in her good books, you're going to do really well because um, you could just get blessings from so many angles. Um, but if you weren't, mm, you, were, you were not so good. You, you're going to get, uh, have a miserable life, uh, some might say. So, this is the setting uh, that the church is in. Paul may have an inkling, I don't know, but there's a, God definitely knows that there's a huge destiny on this church, a massive destiny on this church, and it's going to become one of the most influential churches of the time, it's going to be the hub where, where thousands of missionaries go out from there and bring the good news of the gospel. Um, Paul may have an inkling as to uh, its future. He, I'd say he'd have an understanding of, oh, this, is, this place needs a word. It needs a word. Um, I understand that they're coming out of this cult of Diana. They, they need a word. What is it? What does he write? What's the, what's the important word for this church at this time? What does he write? I find it uh, fascinating. It's a young church with a huge future that um, has come out of religion, uh, religion, uh, worshipping Diana. <clears throat> and the, the, what I really would love to just um, reiterate is that you never quite knew where you stood with Diana never quite understood where you, where you were with her. And Paul, so Paul, uh, the imperative thing for him to know, for, for the people to know was, uh, he wants to make it very clear that the way things were in their old religion is most definitely not the way it is with Jesus. The way things were with their old religion is definitely not the same way it is with Jesus. Um, so Paul what a, of all the things he could write, Paul wants to teach this church about who they are. He wants to teach them about their new identity that they now have in Christ. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of great Christian leaders today, they, they would say that the most important thing for us to know is who we are in Christ. Um, this, is, this is the message for us to grab. If we can truly know who we are in Christ, we are going to be, it, it changes things. 
that it changes things. You can't stay the same. There are, there are huge consequences to, to finding out and discovering who you are in Christ. Um, so let's just have another look at the passage of Scripture I just read. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, at just a few key verses and take a look at some of the things Paul is really trying to uh, get across. So I'll just, we'll quickly go to, uh, so we're in Ephesians chapter 1, we'll go to verse 3. And I just want to read this to you guys. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're blessed. You want to there's these people, they want to know what's their position before this God. Their position is blessed. Um, oh, what? Before I do anything, before you do anything, your position with God is blessed. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. This, this changes things. A lot of people still live today under this fear, this fear of where do I stand with God? Like the people that worship Diana, they never really knew where they stood with God. Um, and, and Paul is saying, your position, your position before God is blessed. Um, and it relates to us. I see it all the time. So many of us wonder if, if, if God is for us, if he's against us. We might know in our mind, we've, we've heard that scripture that God is for us, but we live like he's not for us. Um, and it's, it's allowing this deep truth to go in, take root, and grow. Your position before God is blessed. Um, let's have a look at another verse. Uh, we'll go to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, verse 4. Let's have a look at verse 4, and we'll go through to 6. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will. So, um, who am I before God? These, these people, they, 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 they're starting to get an understanding of their position before God. So, so who are they before God? And what it seems to be um, very clear here is who you are before God, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Of God, it's there's there's it's it's not a, a matter of oh oh where am I? You're you're His child. When we're in Christ, we are His child, and that means something. It means something. You don't beg a parent for anything. You don't you don't have any way. Look, a parent loves their children unconditionally. They don't need like I just had. My third little daughter, Sia, and she's done nothing for me, done nothing for me at all, but I love her. I would lay down my life for her. There's nothing that she's done for me. She, look, all she's, she hasn't even smiled at me. Um, <laughs> she's pooed uh, whilst I've held her. Uh, she's burped. She's vomited. She's done a lot of stuff that's probably a little bit gross. Um, but guess what? I love her unconditionally. And we, as um, people in Christ, have the very same position as my daughter to me. We are to God. We are loved as children of God. 
Um, and I'm going to quickly go through uh, just one last point, I think. We'll go to verse, let's go to verses 7 and 8. In him we have redemption through his blood for, uh, sorry, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So in him we have redemption. Redemption. Now, redemption to this uh, culture was a word that they knew very well. Um, there was a lot of slavery in those days, and to be redeemed was to be paid for. If you were a slave, you get paid for. There was a ransom that you had to pay for a slave, and if you did that, that, would, that slave would be redeemed. And here we see that we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, just, I just love this. And I love how he makes a point that he did this with all wisdom and understanding, knowing full well he counted the cost. He knew that we had a sin problem. He knows it very well. But knowing that we have a sin problem, with all wisdom and understanding, he counted the cost and he paid for it. Paid for it in full once and for all, with the blood of Jesus Christ. So good. So good. So if you're wondering, oh, okay, this is really good. I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. But what if I blow it? Where do I stand with God if I blow it? Where do I stand? You stand redeemed. And this, was, this redemption was bought with a cost, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We stand redeemed, forgiven, forgiven the forgiveness of sins. In him, we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of sins. That's what we have. Um, now, if you haven't noticed, I'm talking a lot about in him. We're starting a new theme, and it's going to be the in him theme, and I'm looking forward to it. Every time that we um, go on this theme, I love it. I feel like the church grows. I feel like the church uh, gets stronger, and I'm looking forward to it. So I just kicked it off this morning with this message. I hope you uh, are starting to get a taste for the In Him theme. I'd love to talk more, but um, I'm going to wrap it up now. But before I wrap it up, I might, just quickly, I might just quickly go to the end of that chapter, actually. Just quickly. We'll go to the end and we'll take a look at something. Something very, uh, yeah, if we could have the, the lovely band up, that would be incredible. At the very end, I won't, even, I won't even read it out, but at the very end, Jesus makes a point that he is above all, all things. Everything is under him. Everything is under him. So when you're worried in your life about, oh, well, what about if, if this circumstance happens? Or what about if this happens? Or oh, these things that are out of my control? Jesus is above all these things. And when we are in Christ, we serve a God that is above these things and can bring goodness out of any circumstance. We're not affected by circumstances. When, it, doesn't, it doesn't change our, our heart condition, doesn't change our position before God. Just because something bad happens doesn't change a thing, doesn't change your position, doesn't change the fact that you're a child. It doesn't change anything. You're forgiven, you're a child, and you're blessed with every spiritual blessing.
hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith.